up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Group Chat Roulette, the podcast where three childhood best friends bring the group chats to life. I'm Steve. I'm Ryan. I'm Eric. Well, boys, we got a big episode ahead. Huge episode. We have a major announcement. And our main segment is really going to be all about that announcement. But first, some small talk. I mentioned a couple of weeks back, we had our first snow flurries out here in Western Pennsylvania. Really nothing for the past couple of weeks. Flurries is a tough word. <laughs> <laughs> I literally immediately thought, I wonder if I can edit that out. But nope. That's all right. But uh, F you guys, we haven't had really snow for the last couple of weeks. And uh, I know in the group chat, we've been talking about snow a lot because I guess the forecast for tomorrow and Thursday on the East Coast for you guys is going to be heavy snow. So it just it brought me back to the days of thinking about snow days as a kid and and kind of preparing for a snow day now as an adult. And I'm actually really curious to see what those preparations are for two homeowners like yourselves. So today we're going to be talking about snow days. First off, what is the forecast showing for you guys right now? Eric, like what is it uh, for tomorrow night? Um, it is, I think it's a two to four inches during the day and then maybe another two to four at night. So I doubt we're going to get as high as eight, but it's whenever Dan or Adam, our other friends in the group chat for all our European listeners, um, they'll be on the podcast at some point soon. Um, whenever they mention it, I feel like they're getting different totals than me because I've never seen anything more than eight, but it's like above the I-95 corridor is going to be like corridor. I feel like I just made that up, but Sounds I feel smart. like time it says that a lot. Sounds right. Um, it's going, that's the highest point of accuracy. They know there's going to be a lot of snow there, but like below that, so like obviously South Jersey could be more rain. So I was like, should I salt outside? And then I remembered like, I've never salted in my life. Like everything will be fine. <laughs> what uh, about you, Ryan? Is it supposed to snow in Virginia? Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> I'm so pissed because like, days ago i mean it was saying upwards of like a foot for us mm -hmm. i actually just looked on weather weatherchannel.com not a sponsor um and uh and right now it says one to three inches i keep looking online and like right on my town is sort of the the line where it's like mm -hmm. snow is above us and to the west and rain is below us and to the east so like it's probably hit or miss. I'm really hoping for at least a couple inches because we keep talking about it, especially with Avery. Um, and uh, I really want to have at least enough to get outside and like play with her a little bit. But I'm, I don't know. I was so excited to get like a nice, like real snowstorm. And I don't know if, I don't know if we're getting that, but you're, you're going to get a couple inches, right? Yeah, it's it's weird when uh, when you guys said. I mean, there was early reports of like twelve to eighteen inches, which <laughs> I feel like is always the weathermen just trying to scare the crap out of us. But um, I looked on Wednesday; we're getting one to three inches. So I just assumed it was like your typical nor'easter and and not really hitting maybe out on the western side of the state. But now it's up to three to five inches. So 
the, the thing is, and, and the reason I wanted to go back is I look at that and I say, this is not going to be fun. I don't like snow anymore. You know, my wife has to travel in it. We live on a hill. There's just bad things that happen when it snows out here. And it's something that I truly don't enjoy anymore. And that's why I needed this small talk to just bring me back to the golden days and just talk about the best days. And those were snow days. And the reason they were the best days is because you just didn't have any responsibility on those days. Number one, you're already a kid. And the best snow days are when you're probably in like middle school and maybe early high school. So you're like truly not even thinking about anything school related. Who cares about homework? Nothing serious. You know, you really have no responsibilities in the house. And you're just you're like waiting to kind of see one of your friends walk down the street in their snow gear. And you're like, it's on. I'm ready to just get out there. What are we doing? Are we sledding? As one of the moms and dads driving us to the, you know, Mount Laurel Hill, Early where are we going? And, and that's what I really wanted to spend just a couple minutes, like kicking off this episode about. And like, when you think of a snow day, what do you guys specifically think of? I mean, I have flashbacks to like, I'm sure it was more than once, but I just remember a particular time having like a snowball fight out front of Adam's house. I remember RJ Dusak was there too. And we were just having a little snowball fight. But yeah, I mean, it's funny because like, obviously, as students, um, back in the day, we were, you know, going to bed, praying for snow, give us enough to get the day off, you wake up in the morning. And I remember my back then we didn't really have like the internet to check, which is I'm sure the way that you find out now if school is closed. So my mom would put on like, 6ABC or CBS or whatever it was, the local news channel to see the little ticker on the bottom or like they would flash up the districts that were closed. This is all like coming back to me now and just Mm -hmm. like praying that that ours show up. When you uh, saw like, when you saw two hour delay only, you were like, come on, just give me off. I know. It's like, what what the fuck? But the last thing I'll say is, I mean, I still sort of live it now through Sarah because she is doing all the same stuff as <laughs> her students are probably doing. Tonight, she was checking her phone nonstop because all the counties around us were all virtual or already giving the day off. Even though they're remote learning, they're still closing. Um, and then I guess it was right around the time the girls went to bed. So probably 7.30, she comes in. She's like, we're off, we're off. We're off. And I'm like, <laughs> so she's all excited. So. Uh, I love that. Yeah. That, that reminded me, man, that ch- there was also like a specific channel other than local news. I feel like it was like the municipal, municipal channel or township channel. I have no idea, but they would KY- also show it. But like, yeah, that. And KYW. Uh, yeah. The like, new- wow. That was so exciting the night before storm that was like musty tv wow kids don't kids have it too good they get texts now they're they're teaching you probably like oh please stay at home <laughs> like texting them directly <laughs> wow anyway um a couple things like a snow day was obviously so exciting for some of the stuff that you said snowball fights and just like building shit and the best was we had a park nearby um and they'd always shovel the snow a certain way 
I think, even though I feel like the hills were like in the middle, but because the basketball courts were there, I feel like, I don't know, maybe the township shoveled the courts. There would always be a huge snow hill. So we had so much fun on like this huge snow hill of like, I, you would just play like a game. Oh my God, my imagination is just wondering, like it was like a fort. I, I have no idea. It was just fun. And then another good memory is just like coming home after playing in the snow for hours, you're exhausted. And like that weird feeling of taking off all your gear and being in like a warm house and then having hot chocolate, like me and Steve are chocolate people, but I feel like we didn't have it too much. We were more like uh, chocolate milk people just making that all the time. So like hot chocolate after the snow, oh, it was the best. But the funny story I have is it was definitely the blizzard of 96, I think, because it was just so much snow and we were playing in it for days. And some little girl was at the park I think it was me and I, I hit some snow in her face. She was much younger than me. Like I should not have been throwing snow. Eric. Or was it you, Steve? This was my story as well. God damn it. I hate being your twin. And it was me. Was it you? Yes. Okay. She was a bitch. She was a bitch. And you know, she's a 100%. Right now. 100%. And her mom was an asshole. Exactly. I mean, just to dive into the story. I don't think we were only eight years old because that's how like the blizzard of 96 was. I'm pretty sure we were like, you're right. I think we were 12 to 14 because I'm pretty sure she was like seven or eight, which now makes it seem like child fucking abuse where, you know, but I playfully threw, we threw a snowball at her and it might've been you too, because honestly she was being a brat. So we were just like having a snowball fight, typical snow, you know, horse play. You can't go on that hill. Yeah. Something that a little brat girl would do. And we're like, Oh, just like go home. Like get out of here. Boys are playing. Yeah, exactly. And like, we didn't whitewash her. We didn't do anything crazy. And uh, yeah, I vividly remember her mom literally coming to the park, pretty sure like in a robe and like, boots it was like you think it's nice to like throw a snowball at a little girl like am i making some of that up you just gave me a look eric no no she's no i i give you the look at the rope <laughs> i don't <laughs> I think just, she came out in a rope i she um only yeah, she in was, a rope and now looking back i would probably say that to a young kid like fuck you don't throw a snowball my daughter Ryan, <laughs> why didn't you say that yeah literally I, the yeah. first thing i thought was i would do more <laughs> honestly like, the mom was right get over here and i whitewash steve <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's like your opportunity to be like fuck you i've been waiting to bash in a kid <laughs> robert <laughs> um, i do feel like maybe i, I took that too far i wasn't you're right I, like it's not like i was upset at the mom it's just like truly like your daughter was a brat and not only did she that then she tattletailed like and every time i passed by their house or even saw that little girl until Probably right now, I probably cursed under my breath and like, screw you, little girl. Like, it's funny that we both had yeah, that. Same they moved. Memory. That's funny. They moved. They went into foreclosure. They're poor. <laughs> Is that true? They their house foreclosed. It just like definitely got a little beaten up, and then it was like flipped. So I tell myself that you know, they went to the project. Karma, <laughs> nice. But uh, and then. I don't know if you guys wanted to spend a second here and pivot like how I opened it. It it is just crazy how 
I just can't get in that mindset now. But I, I guess, Ryan, you, you now have that chance to revisit that with. So, like, have you and Avery, I mean, has she been old enough to actually enjoy a snow day yet? Yeah, like there's been um, last year. I don't really remember. Maybe we got one couple inch snow, but that was pretty much it. But the year before that, I definitely have some pictures and videos of us playing outside in the snow. But even then, she was probably two years old. So other than her seeing videos and pictures of it, she probably really doesn't remember. This year, I was really I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like now, you know, she's she's going to be four in February. She's at an age where we can really like run around and like build a snowman. And like, it's not just like trying to keep her up as she's walking. Um, so again, I, I'm looking forward to it. Hope we get a couple inches, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Well, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's, it's a healthy snow, right? Put us all in the, in the Christmas spirit and, uh, It'll be nice and safe. Are you good? Did you end up salting Eric? No. No, no I think it's going to be rainy. All right. There you go. Nice positive attitude there. All right. From snow days to our main segment. And that main segment has to deal with this major announcement that I teased at the beginning of this great episode. Eric, you want to do the honors, my man? I'm having twins. (laughs) I'm having a baby, my first child. So uh, yeah, we're really, uh, we're really excited. I think nobody thought this this kid who imitates demons and jokes all the time could be dad someday. And uh, this time next June. I'll have to take care of her freaking infant. Kind of scared, but I'm not too anxious about it quite yet. I feel like that'll hit at some point in 2021. Right now, I'm just like excited and I'm like in planning mode. Like, all right, let's just make sure everything's all set up. Yeah. Um. I yeah the it seems I can remember it feeling so far away when you first find out, like you obviously know the due date and we'll get into a little bit more of the specifics, but like nine months, that's a long time. And then yeah, suddenly Does it go by quick. Like everything, man, it's going to fly by mm-hmm. like the days, just like with the kid, the days seem long, but the months and years seem short. So it'll be here before you know it, but it's going to be fun. We're excited. We're yeah. all excited. All the friends are excited. I cannot wait to be an uncle. Yeah, I know. Be an uncle. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm so, I'm so excited to be an uncle. And I know, like, the way we wanted to kind of walk through this on this episode was really just ask you some questions about it, Eric. And I guess first and foremost, uh, I, I I think you told me this story, but how did you actually find out um, that Dana was pregnant? So um, we decided to like, just see what happens this summer. And um, I would say started to get really serious sex. about like fracking. Sex. Does that mean sex? We finally had sex. Yes. This summer. yes. <laughs> um, and 
I think in August and September, highly recommend to our listeners, ovulation sticks can really help narrow it down to see when you're ovulating and when you should definitely have sex because it's tough to like, you know, you got to plan. Like obviously we're with work lives, you know, we're not doing it every day. So, I just say something there. Um, I, like it, it is so funny because I hear that from people trying to get pregnant, but then there's so many like, you know, impromptu pregnancies and, and I'm, there's really only two days a month that a woman can like get pregnant. I'm pretty sure like yeah. from what you've told me and yet all these accidents happen. There's just a lot of miracles out there, my man. Well, there's a lot well, of, there's a lot I, of sex happening. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. There's a lot of sex happening. And also, even though you ovulate for a short period, like semen can also live in you for a while, apparently. So like, nice. Like the stick will say high fertility four or five days before the ovulation because you're getting there. And like, if you have sex at that time, that could have been the conception date. Who knows, you know, because like the semen from that sex, I don't know. Anyway, so like we, <laughs> I remember the last time we did the sticks, we did it like, I can't believe I'm saying this public, but we just followed the rules. And I was like, at the end of it, we're like, we're done. We're tired. No <laughs> more. Um, and then she told me, she's like, I think I'm getting my period. I was like, oh, okay, no biggie. Um, like we'll try around our anniversary and, um, yeah, this was early or late September, I think, I think like right at the end of September. And I just assumed she had it. Like, honestly, I just was like, oh, she had it. And then I don't know, I was busy on a work project. So I was like night and day, even some weekend work on random Tuesday. She's just like, Hey, I got you an early anniversary gift. And I'm like, what is this? I haven't talked to you all day. Um, <laughs> I go, like, I felt so bad. I was working upstairs the whole day. It was like 7 p.m. And it's like a nice little box in front of me with like a ribbon on it. And it's a freaking pregnancy test that says positive. And I was like, just shocked because I'm like, wait, you've been having your period. <laughs> like, I even saw like a tampon in the trash. And I think she just thought it was coming and like, she was like, yeah, I thought I was. I cramped a little bit. And then, like, I was like, wow, there's actually not to be graphic. Like, nothing's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, she took a test. Um, she took, like, two that night. And then, like, that Friday, she's like, I'm just going to take another one. Because <laughs> um, that's the painful part, too. And I think you already know this, Steve. I told you. But to anybody else who is not pregnant yet, a lot of people don't talk about how long you have to wait till that first appointment. And it's just, like, really painful to wait. Like to figure out, like, is, is it real? Is everything good? And it was stressful, yeah. but so exciting that first night. Very surreal. That's the word I kept going back to. That's awesome. Well, we are all very excited. And obviously, Steve, being an uncle, um, takes it to a whole different level. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we've got some questions that we're going to get into. Um, Eric, you're married. You have a house and a dog. You're 32, which I see in the um, the script is now bolded because I wrote 33. That's awkward. Um, you've partied hard. I mean, even recently, I'm pretty sure you've you've had your your fill. Are you ready for this next step? 
I mean, obviously you have to be right. Dana's pregnant. The baby's coming. Oh, do you want to do you want to answer it or do you want me to answer it? I'm going to let you answer, but I want to caveat it because I can see you saying, well, the baby's coming, so I got to be ready. So now I'm just saying we know the baby's coming, but are you mentally prepared? No. Um, <laughs> next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I, everybody always tells me you're never ready, but then you learn. Um, and it's funny that you hear that so much that it's just gotta be true. So I have a lot of faith in those responses and like, I see all my friends, they're good parents from what I see, they could be beating their kids. I don't know. Um, and other people that seem to be kind of dumb do it, you know? So I think I can do it. I think I can take care of a baby. I think everything will be great, but I do hope that like, the anxiety anxious part of me doesn't get like too caught up on something like, Oh my God, that's messed up. And I can't believe that's messed up. And it's like, no, no, I don't have time for that. I actually have to take care of a human being. And that's where it's like, I wonder, well, it's funny. I, sorry. I know that the next question is going to be, what is your greatest anxiety about being a dad? So I'm just going to answer it in this one. Um, like, Ryan, I'm curious with you. You're an anxious person. Like, how did you deal with that? Because I feel like you're, are you still like that and you have to like manage it? Like when something happens or after two kids, are you like, it's okay. Like we don't need to go to the hospital. We don't need to like freak out. Yeah. I mean, generally, I think I was more anxious both times actually when Sarah was pregnant rather than once the babies were here um just because you know there's a lot of things going on and she hasn't given birth yet and i don't know it's a kind of scary and your wife is going through this thing and obviously that's uh anxiety late like your anxiety peaks because of that i think the only times now that i feel any sort of anxiety are when the kids are have like more than colds, like when they're sick, Mm -hmm. Um, which honestly, thankfully isn't that often, but I can remember a few times, especially with Avery, where she was like very sick, 102, 103 fever, like just burning up. Um, She actually had pneumonia once. Um, Like those are the times where I feel anxiety, but no, I think, you know, you just, learn to live with it and you'll be the same way. I have no doubt. I know. I, I almost think like, I keep thinking very positively, which is a good thing, but um, it would definitely hit me if something comes up during pregnancy or whatever that like, you know, there's something to deal with. So that worries me that like, I'm not going to be prepared because I'm just thinking very positively. So yeah. it's like, Am I prepared for something bad to happen if it should happen? And I thought to myself the other day, and this freaked me out. <laughs> like, say Dana hurt her arm on the ground, okay? And, like, nothing was wrong with the baby. Let's just say, like, it's an arm injury. I felt like I would be, I don't know, like, you don't even know what to do. 
And I was like, why am I questioning like driving to the hospital? Because then I'm like, I don't know, it's weird with COVID. And I'm like, then do we have to check the baby? Like, should that be the first thing on my mind? And I was like, because I'd be thinking about the arm. Right. So yeah, these weird things go through my head. I think I just rambled a bit, but it's no, just like a, it's a weird thing, especially during this time. Right. And obviously we're focused on anxiety here, but I think Ryan brought up a good point. There's like different stages, right? It's the pregnancy stage where it hasn't quite hit you yet. I know we've talked between us where it's just like, I mean, I'm so excited, but it's just like, there's still a lot of time. And I, I, I like, I think you described that moment of like, when do you think it'll actually like really be like almost like an emotional reaction? Because I think you described everything that I've conversation I've had with you as, you know, shock at first. And it's just like, I'm excited. I'm staying positive. I'm having a baby. This is awesome. Where like, holy crap, I created like another human being like that emotional type of thing. Is that like potentially in the delivery room? I don't know if that's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to come when I actually see the baby, yeah. but like the, knowing the gender will make it more real. Like I'm having a girl, I'm having a boy. Um, I, I just don't think I'm going to like ever cry one day and be like, I'm having a kid. This is amazing. Like, I think it's amazing. I just don't get emotional like that. No. Um, I think I can remember like being on the, I think the moment where you're like, we're going to the hospital, like that is the moment where mm-hmm. it's suddenly like this thing that seems so far away. Cause you just don't like you have a due date, but you just really don't yeah. know when the baby's going to come. But then when Dana is like, my water just broke, <laughs> we need to go to the hospital. Like that's the moment mm-hmm. where everything changes and you're like, okay, this is really happening. Like we've been preparing for nine months now. This is the moment. And like, I can remember walking into the hospital with Sarah and you'll do the same thing with Dana thinking like the next time I walk out of this hospital, we're going to have a baby that we have to take care of. Like, all right. So we just alluded to this a little bit. Picture this. You're in the (laughs) delivering room. Dana's on the bed. She's got her feet up in the air. <laughs> Nurses are all around you. Doctors saying push. How's that moment going for you? Normal me would be like very dumb in this situation because I think my anxiety makes me dumb, like a little bit clueless. And like Dana's like strong in the moment. Like she knows exactly what to do. And she'll tell like a doctor, she'll be like, no, 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 I'm doing it this way. Like, I feel like a lot of women are like that. And like the guy, I'd be just looking at the doctor, like, is that supposed to happen? Is this okay? Like, and I feel like I just need to work on not doing that and just being stronger and just like, you got this. And like, just focus on Dana while hopefully checking monitors that like tell me things are going well. Do you think you'll watch the baby baby actually being delivered? I don't really want to see that stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm not big. I, I just, I'm sure it's beautiful. And maybe one day I'll get there. Maybe my second kid. I made a joke to Dana that I would watch it. And she was like, no way. You're not going down there. Like, and I was like, it's my choice. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, I feel like mom's told us this. I mean, ho- hopefully everyone's allowed in the delivery room by then. But I feel like mom's told us that she's just like, Oh, I've been in delivery rooms with Daniela and Christian. 
oh, I, I watch. It's beautiful. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, mom. Like Wait she, a second. Your mom yeah. was in the delivery room for your, her niece? I, I'm pretty sure. Like, how many people do they let in a delivery room? I feel like my mom's been in there for like five pregnancies. Like, it's crazy. Mm, only Chrissy. Only Chrissy. She's oh. always at the hospital. But like, you do have to pick like two people. And Chrissy picked her husband for one of her children. I forget which one. But I think my aunt, she's prone to like fainting, but she gets like too emotional or whatever. So she was like, I just don't know if I can be in there. But like she wanted another like strong woman and she asked my mom and like they're really tight. And my mom literally watched it. She was like, it was so beautiful. And I was like, what? Could you imagine your mom going up to Dana and being like, so like if there's no COVID... (laughs) Would you let me in the room? I'm watching like, this. Reaction would be. <laughs> Can't wait for that conversation. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I might introduce that conversation. Yes, at Christmas. That's a great Christmas Please. dinner combo. We'll, uh, I'm interested, we'll... honestly. I expect Dana to say no, but at the same time, I could see her being like, you know what, Roxanne, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll hey. have an update uh, on uh, next episode on that conversation. Well, the only thing I would add is like. I was the same way, Eric, like I'm not good with stuff like that. I didn't want to pass out because I felt like with my anxiety heightened, like something like that, like watching the baby come out of my wife could result in me passing out. So they're going to ask you probably to hold a leg and like everything is right there. There is no like you think there's a big space between like looking at Dana's head and seeing what's happening. But when you're there and Dana's like curled up pushing, it's all just right there. I, because I knew that I made such an effort to not watch that. Like I was able to not watch, but it's difficult. Like it just a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. But good luck, because I was a pussy. Would you cut the umbilical I know. I really don't want to do anything, but I feel like my cousin Mark's only a funny story about how, like, the doctor was like, all right, Dad, come here. And, and, like, I think he even told him, like, you're going to help me pull the baby out or something. I forget. And I, I'm like, I need to tell the doctor, like, there's no, like, me a part of this procedure. Like, you are the professional. That's like, a great point. Yeah. I, yes. I guess I'll cut the thing because it's just scissors. But, like, you're doing your thing. Like, I am not a doctor. I can hold the baby when you clean it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be different in the moment. I'll feel like. Yeah all the feels when it's yeah your adrenaline will enough be- about me steve you're gonna be an uncle what kind of uncle are you gonna be <laughs> i cannot wait like i was i was thinking about this right so obviously when you told us like I, I you actually were in pittsburgh when you and dana told us and i was like in shock i was just so happy for you guys and when i thought about it more mallory and i have had this conversation where I haven't really been close to like an infant or even like any child under the age of five, really all my life. My cousins have had kids, my friends have had kids, but I've literally spent what two hours at a family gathering, maybe at a birthday party. I haven't gotten a chance to actually interact with them. 
And there's something like exciting about that to me. And that's why I probably am starting to get excited to have my own kid down the road where it's, you know, you can like help, you know, shape them and teach them things and, and like build a relationship and actually like become their friend someday. And to me, that's the part where, you know, I'll see what works and what doesn't on your kid. So I perfect that process for my kid. And I will be, you know, the perfect role model by the time Mallory's pregnant. No, but seriously, like, I want your kid, daughter, or uh, son to, you know, when they think of Uncle Steve and Aunt Mallory, like, they get excited. You know, they're happy, like, their aunt and uncle are coming over. We're going to have a fun night. And and I'm just, like, so excited to shape those memories. And it just also reminds me I'll be, like, back home, you know, hopefully living in Jersey. Mm-hmm. closer to you guys um you know by the time the baby's six months old uh at that point so to, it, it's just a lot of exciting things happening in this next year and you know when i think about those like special moments that we're going to be able to create with uh little eric or little erica um i'm just super excited <laughs> little diego or diega <laughs> <laughs> all right steve you know, all those years growing up, we used to joke because Eric was the fun one. Eric was the goofy one. Eric was usually the drunkest one. And we would say, Eric's going to live in your basement, Steve. You're gonna, he's going to be that fun uncle, maybe that gunkle. Um, who knows? There was a time, I think. We didn't know back then. <laughs> <laughs> but now, looking at it, Eric has beaten you literally to every life major life event you got any thoughts on that (laughs) it is funny because i like we we always had that running joke and the joke was because eric is a character right he's he's always been a character in all of our lives but at the end of the day he's extremely successful like we said during the enneagram episode he's a leader you know he's a giver so there was never a doubt in my mind that um, he would have a obviously successful home life. I mean, when he was on plenty of fish and dating like trashy chicks, I did have my doubts. And I think that's when we were, were definitely thinking. Trashly. Trashly. Uh, miss her. And, uh, but as soon as he met Dana, he, he obviously was on the right track. And uh, so no, yeah. I, I was I'm, like, gotta keep hold of this one. She's pretty. <laughs> I mean, I married a student, so obviously there's there's some delays until uh, the process starts. But you just got to trust the process, as I do with everything in my life. And uh, couldn't, the next you couldn't blame you couldn't blame yourself. You had to blame Mallory for being a student. Real mature. Well, I chose to date Mallory. It was a great investment at the time, um, and it's all about making sure there's a return on your investment with love involved. <laughs> There's always a spreadsheet, which I'm sure there is one, and you're probably following the projected timeline within that spreadsheet. So to end this main segment, boys, um, I wanted to turn to the real dad, and you've already weighed in with some of your opinions here, Ryan, and and I guess I just wanted to ask Eric, like, what is, you have a dad right in front of you, what do you got for Rye Guy? your fellow podcaster, what is he going to do to assist you in life to prepare to be a dad? So I feel like the one thing that I, um, 
I want to I want to ask you a question, and then I want to actually find an observation that I I was just like observing, and I wanted to see if you think it's true. But the thing I'm most worried about is like sleep. Like, how did you deal with lack of sleep, or was it not a problem for you guys? Like, the babies really wake up every single all the time. Like, that real? <laughs> so. The caveat is every single kid is different, which every everyone is going to tell you. Um, when they first come home, yes, like Dana will be feeding, whether it's breast or um, with a bottle with formula. She will be feeding the baby every two hours throughout the night and possibly more if the baby's waking up more than that. So the first... I don't, I don't even remember. It all feels it's so like, awful. do you do a timer? Do you like oh, it's two hours? We got to feed him feeder. Or is it like they cry? They cry, um, you feed it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I think the, the feeling is like never wake a sleeping baby. So like if your baby's sleeping, you should be sleeping because when the baby's not sleeping, you're going to be waiting on that thing, hand and foot. So Mm-hmm. but more generally okay so obviously when you first bring the baby home there's gonna be a lack of sleep between both of you and knowing you you're gonna be up when dana's up like i know some of our friends when the wife is feeding daddy's asleep that wasn't me i was always awake when sarah was awake helping her get situated and all that stuff this is why you were a giver my man good guy exactly um in the longer term, you figure out ways to cope. I mean, yes, these kids, they wake up at the butt crack of fucking dawn. With Sarah and I now, we have two kids. They both wake up probably somewhere between 6 and 6.30 a.m. every single day. And so we switch off every other day. Sarah's day, she's up with the kids, gets them set up in the morning, deals with them. And I usually sleep until like 7.30-ish rotate back and forth so you'll come up with ways to just deal with it but in general yeah you're not going to be sleeping in those days will be long gone and uh your nights when the baby starts to be able to sleep more independently and they go to bed like those few hours between like them going to bed and you going to bed like that is your freedom so that's why i can do this because i get a few hours every night to myself or to share with sarah and uh, you'll learn to cherish those moments. So, and the real quick, that was good advice um, to just prepare to never sleep again. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the observation that I saw was we have like a friend of a friend, and her daughter is so happy. Uh, so is yours, and like all of our friends' kids look happy. But like, there is something about this girl that like she's just got a lot of life to her. And I'm like, wow, like she is just whatever they're doing, I need to do, you know, because like she's also really funny too. And I'm like, I really need a funny kid. Um, <laughs> so I I actually asked her because she's expecting, I'll, I won't say this person because I don't know if she announced, but she, she was like, my mom always said kids see everything so always smile so she's like even if i'm so tired or so frustrated i just say it with a smile to her and i was like that is something really good 
that I think like kids are super observant and I know I have such an angry face and Steve has told me many times that I have a disgusting face um, that I give. So I need to make sure I'm doing this a lot. I'm saying like, <laughs> your mom is pissing me off. That's great. <laughs> I was just going to butt in here and I'm going to throw it back to you, right? Like I, I just felt you about to say like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, the majority of the time is good and we are smiling and the kids see us as happy, but like, yeah, I don't know. Behind closed That's, doors where I'm happy. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if that works for that lady, God bless her. <laughs> I've got some happy kids, but I don't know. Like I said, if that works for her, good. keep riding that wave. I, I do think it's a great question, Eric. And I, I think the same thing, like when you see just even like these, like not prodigies, but just super smart children, it's just like, you know, I need to figure out like, should I be like reciting the ABCs when they're like two months old? Like, how do I get them to be? And I think the bottom line is every kid is probably different. They, they develop their own personality, just like Nora and Avery grew up in the same environment, but they probably have different personalities. Right. So um, it's going to be interesting to see the new, uh, the new baby, which I think we'll be finding out the gender very soon. And uh, we might give it a little announcement on uh, the next episode, right. Uh, when we resume things mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks here, but I'm just excited for you, brother. I really cannot wait to be an uncle. I'm excited for you and Dana, you know, continue to pray for, uh, you know, health uh, during this craziness and uh, cannot wait. But you, that's when you're going to know you that too, the sex. Yeah, the, the, we took the blood test uh, oh. last Tuesday. So they said around 10 days. And you think so once I think you find out, you'll pretty much tell everyone? Or you yeah, we're a... thinking around around Christmas. I don't even know if it's going to be much of a reveal, but we'll, I don't know, Zoom, whatever the hell is going to happen. So <laughs> okay. Around the holidays, people should know. Exciting. Well, we cannot wait. And uh, we're going to move on from the main segment now, where usually in the past, I've kind of shut down things relatively quickly here, giving some shout outs to some of our sponsors out there right now. We don't actually have any uh, current sponsors, so we're, we're currently looking. If you guys want to be sponsored, happy to uh, drop some advertisements and marketing on your behalf. But but um, we got a new segment to conclude episodes. We are going to conclude episodes with a recurring segment. And you know, before I get into the details of it, Rye Guy, cue the damn music, my man. Get your hot takes who wants one they're all hot that's right hot take of the week to end episodes we're gonna allow one of the hosts to give their hot take of the week really anything they want to discuss bitch about recommend joke whatever and the first hot take belongs to yours truly the host myself steven my topic barstool sports You either love the company or you hate the company. It's something I'm passionate about as I'm often dubbed a stoolie by the guys. I'm sorry. I'm a tax accountant. I, you know, grind every single day. Sometimes I just need to laugh with Dave, Big Cat, Caleb, KFC, 
Tommy Smokes, Trent, and Little Sass, amongst others. This is my outlet. For those that hate Barstool, let me provide some much-needed education because I believe there is a massive misunderstanding. Barstool is often labeled as a fraternity-like misogynist company that is led by one of the most polarizing figures in our pop culture today, Mr. Dave Portnoy, El Presidente. This is where I say, read a damn book. Can Dave be a douche? Of course he can. But let's dive into things quickly here. First claim, the company is sexist. While the CEO is a woman, the CRO is a woman, they have over 40 women employees. Many of their content is with podcasts and shows like Chicks in the Office, Call Her Daddy, etc. Wrong. Second claim, the company is just a bunch of frat bros. Have you ever actually seen the people that work at Barstool? They're all a bunch of misfits, average Joes at best. What started as a sports company for the average dude has emerged into a digital media company that produces fun content about sports and everything around pop culture to be the escape for people. Our world takes everything too seriously. It's nice to visit a site where no one is offended, very little is political, just escape and laugh. I always laugh when the bloggers read their comments. We live in such a polarized society that half the comments call them snowflake libtards and the other half call them racist, sexist Trumpers. They're neither. I know that's painful to hear for those haters out there because you read your lazy headlines and news breaks that have told you otherwise, but it's true. And let's be honest. The biggest reason you don't like Barstool is because of Dave Portnoy. I get it. I was with you. The super rich guy from Boston who is cocky as shit. Literally you have to hear him brag about their 50 championships in 20 in the last 20 years. And then you have to hear his stoolies praise him endlessly like I'm doing right now. It can get sickening, which leads to jealousy. Jealousy is a very powerful emotion. But again, educate yourself. Dave started from nothing. He delivered newspapers. He built this company brick by brick from 2003 to 2016 when it started to really explode. Now he's over, worth over $200 million. Last month, he helped save the Reading Terminal market by raising over $250,000. Did you know that? This, uh, as soon as last week, he's working with an entrepreneur and just donated $500,000 to New York City Restaurant Relief Fund. When the pandemic originally hit, he pledged his own cash to keep payroll going to make sure they didn't have to take PPP government assistant loans. Does he have to make this all known? Of course he does. His ego is huge and he's a marketing genius, but it doesn't change the fact that he's a straight shooter that does the right thing. He also doesn't hide from stuff. He'll never be canceled. If he ever said something stupid in the past, he'll put the tapes, he'll pull the tapes because the last 17 years of his life have been a reality show and he'll show the context. So if you hate Barstool, read a book, educate yourself, don't read the lazy articles from other news organizations that literally only write about Barstool to shit on them and to get more clicks. I'm not asking you to fall in love with all of their content and watch Dave rate pizza every day. I'm just asking you to lighten up, buddy. It's okay to laugh. Very nice. That's if, all if, I got to say about the that. The goal here was to eventually get picked up by Barstool. I mean... That was a pitch like I've never heard in my life. When I was drafting it, I was just like, this could be a good excerpt to like kind of drop in Dave's DMs. Definitely for the future. I'll see the cut. I was, I was trying to do a Dave accent, but I don't think I can do it on the spot. I was going to be like, who's that guy? 
<laughs> we got to get in that pop school. Um, did you mention Joey's name and you were listing out those names? No, I actually didn't. Damn. He's one of my favorites, too. Well, that wow. was a 10 out of 10. That's a review for you. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty good. I need to find something I'm passionate about. Jeez. <laughs> I think I think that was a longer hot take. I'm expecting most most of them to be a couple sentences and for us to converse, but figured I'd start the first one off with a bit of a bang and uh produce some fire for everyone out there. But all right. Episode's over, bitches. We're going to take a two-week hiatus. Uh, enjoy your holiday break, everyone. What is it, the fifth night of Hanukkah? Uh, so enjoy Hanukkah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And I think we'll be back right before the new year to, uh, to celebrate the worst year ever. Love you, boys. See ya. Bye-bye. It's hot, it's hot, it's hot. Get your hot take. Hot, 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 hot. Hot take. Hot takes here, get your hot take. We're going hot, hot, hot. Get your hot takes, everyone. You read all about it. It's a hot take, all right. Hey, Mishy, have you heard those hot takes? <laughs>